0: From Mathry to Merlins Bridge. For Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio
1: News.
2: I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. 56 new cases of coronavirus are recorded in the Hewell Dar Health Board area, according to yesterday's figures. Public Health Wales data showed that since Friday, July 30th, there were 27 new cases in Carmarthenshire, 16 in Pembrokeshire and 13 in Ceredigion. Pensioners may face a £1,000 fine if they do not get their TV licence this week. On August 1st last year, the BBC announced TV licences would no longer be free for those over 75. A year later, and that rule change is about to come into force. The BBC will start charging everyone for a TV licence from Sunday, and people could be hit with a four-figure fine if they don't have one. In a statement, the BBC said, as we have now reached a situation where over 75's households are in line with the general population the extended transition period we put in place due to COVID-19 will end on the 31st of July in line with general policy anyone who watches or records live TV programs on any channel or downloads or watches BBC programs on BBC iPlayer must be covered by a valid TV license Silver Voices which has campaigned against the TV license changes said a significant hardcore remains of over 75s who are refusing or unable to pay the groups dennis reed said is the bbc going to fine and potentially take to court hundreds of thousands of senior citizens who are standing out against the scrapping of this welfare benefit however if people claim pension credit they could be entitled to a free tv license if you think that you are eligible you can apply for a free tv license on 0300 790 6117 a company in letterston has been charged with discharging poisonous noxious or pollution matter into inland waters the case of tenm francis and sons limited appeared before the magistrates in haverford west on july 29th the offense is alleged to have happened on or before january 31st last year representatives from the company did not appear in court in the instance and the case was adjourned to august 26th for a plea to be entered plans for a natural burial ground have been turned down Michael Jones wanted to include a timber-framed reception building for memorial services and a car park for 27 cars and a memorial shelter. The burial ground scheme was proposed at a two-hectare site a couple of hundred metres from St Martin's Church on the other side of the lane. shear planning officers said there was a restricted visibility at the proposed access and that the application had not demonstrated how visibility splays could be provided. They also said the burial ground would significantly increase traffic and pedestrian activity on the largely single file lane leading to it they also said the proposal had not demonstrated that there wouldn't be adverse impacts to biodiversity either through pollution of groundwater work required to trees and hedgerows, or construction works the community council said it had no issues with the natural burial ground aspect of the proposal, but that most councillors had concerns about the two buildings and the car park. The email, however, suggested that the burial site could be approved without the buildings and with a much smaller car park. I'm Jolly James and that's the latest for Pembrokeshire.
3: When it all seems like it's fun, sing along, do out and draw, into that feeling we're just getting started.
0: When the nights get colder, and the rhythm got you falling
1: behind, just dream about that moment, when you look yourself right in the eye, 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 and you say, I want to dance some music.
4: For Monday evening, BTS and Permission to Dance plays here on Pure West Radio. I'm Ben Stone. Monday evening, it's Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at PembrokeshireBuilders.co.uk. We've got loads coming up between now and nine. once again, a very good evening and welcome to the show. Monday evening, it's Pure West Radio across Pembrokeshire and beyond. You're very welcome wherever you are listening to us. I'm Ben Stone. Bill Kahn, Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas will be with me this evening. We will be back live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page after eight o'clock. There's actually cricket going on in Pembrokeshire this evening. It's the Harrison Allen semi-final between Carew and Burton and Fraser is actually down there. There, as we speak, so when he joins us live after eight, he'll let us know how that game has been panning out. But we've got stacks to come in the first hour of the show. Pure West Radio's Bill Khan was involved with the excellent fundraiser for Prostate Cymru, and it took place at the Ocean Bar and Restaurant in Broadhaven ahead of the weekend. Bill was MCing the event. And he managed to speak to uh, Graham Price, Eddie Butler and Peter Morgan, plus the former Welsh Grand Slam coach, Mike Ruddock. So we'll be hearing some of Bill's interviews in the first hour of Pure West Sport this evening. Uh, also, Fraser Watson has been chatting to Jasmine Joyce's first rugby coaches. Jasmine, of course, an absolute star for the Team GB, women's Sevens rugby side. We'll be hearing from Carwin and Geraint Richards, Jasmine's first rugby coaches, about what a player she is. And Scott Davis, the Haken football manager, has also been speaking to Fraser this week about finally receiving the Division One trophy. Of course, football in Pembrokeshire has had a real break of late. Uh, Because of the COVID restrictions and, and the pandemic, it's meant that competitive football has been off the agenda for some time. But we'll be hearing from the Haken manager in the first hour of the show. A little bit later, well, there's lots to cover when we go live on Facebook. How do the Lions recover from that defeat against South Africa? What have you made of the Olympics? so far i'm I'm an absolute olympics addict so looking forward to just looking at some of our favorite moments from the games so far stacks to come it's great to have your company it's monday evening and this is pure west sport
5: If you miss it, catch up on the podcast at purewestradio.com. The Valero Community Update. The power of radio. Bad weather. At the racetrack. In the shower. Oh, sorry. All things that never actually happened. While listening, you pictured them all, didn't you? You see, radio uses the theatre of the mind. It has a one-to-one connection with every person listening. For wicked trims, call Freestyle Barbers, Portfield, Haverford West on 078
0: This is Pure West Radio. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire.
4: It's Monday evening and it's Pure West Radio with Genesis and Invisible Touch. I'm Ben Stone, great to have your company. On the way in this first hour of the show, uh, we are going to hear from two people that were Jasmine Joyce's first rugby coaches. Carwin and Geraint Richards have been speaking to Fraser Watson. Pembrokesha's Jasmine Joyce, an absolute star for the Wales women's seven-side in Tokyo. They missed out on a medal, but I think they've done so much to advance their sport. They really captured the imagination in Rio, and Jasmine has just gone on and taken her game to another level. So we'll be hearing from them before eight o'clock. However, first up, the Lions, of course, were in action on Saturday. They were beaten by South Africa to set up a monumental decider next weekend. But on Friday, Evening, the Ocean Cafe Bar and Restaurant in Broadhaven put on their own special event entitled Lion's Tales. There was a special memorabilia auction to raise money for Prostate Cymru, and there were a number of special guests. In attendance, Bill Kahn from Pure West Radio was the MC on the evening. He managed to speak to a couple of former British and Irish Lions. We'll be hearing from Eddie Butler and Graham Price very soon. But first up, Bill caught up with Mike Ruddock, the former Welsh rugby Grand Slam winning coach.
6: I'm delighted tonight, not only because I'm at the Ocean uh, Bar and Restaurant in Broadhaven listening to some legends, but I've got a couple of them to talk to me. I'm delighted our next guest tonight is Mike Riddick, who's involved now with uh, the Ospreys and uh, can lay the claim, great claim that he coached the Welsh team at the Grand Slam. Mike, it's lovely to, to have you here. You enjoy yourself here.
7: Yeah, I always get a, a great welcome here in Broadhaven and Pembrokeshire. Uh, I've got friends down here. You know, my wife would be surprised to hear i got friends. but um, <laughs> and uh, I always have a great welcome and a great time. Great part of the world, love it down here. So uh, yeah, it's great tonight to support a you know a hugely uh, important charity as well. You know and you know Prostate Cameroon and you know the the support for you know that charity is is really important.
6: Yeah, I mean and it is fantastic. It's a different night from last time we came here four or five years ago, because then it was packed the gunners with where people standing. Now there's got to be social distancing, but it's a very special night nonetheless, isn't
7: it? Yeah, it is, and uh, you know it's great to share the stage with a, a number of. Legends, yeah. uh, Lions, Legends. We all play for the Lions. As I said, the nearest I got, I managed to get a letter asking me <laughs> if I was available. I blame the selectors. I didn't think they were great. Yeah, I, you, know, right. you know, and uh, I was a brilliant player, but for some reason they didn't think so. And uh, yeah, you'd
6: have been in my squad. <laughs>
7: <laughs> but no, look, you know, the Lions is a pinnacle. And uh, look, i would be very fortunate to have been involved, playing with and against so many Lions, and then coaching a number of Lions. People like Tyke Byrne, for example, uh, would have been in my Lansdowne mm. team, you know, and you know to see him achieve great success, uh, Jack Conan was in my, under- in my under-20 team, Tyke Furlong
6: yeah. was in
7: my under-20 team, Robbie Henshaw was in my Island under-20 team that I coached, so to see those guys doing so well is fantastic, you know? Yeah, you're with the
6: Ospreys now. Do you want to explain to us what your job is there?
7: Yeah, I've been given a, a grand title called Development Director, but basically my role is to uh, help us develop clubs in a number of ways, and particularly in terms of developing our talent pool, you know, and uh, making our talent pyramid better and, and, and wider and stronger, because you know it is a numbers game. And if we got more and more talented players in the region and in our talent pool, the chances are we're going to develop more and more uh, homegrown players that can go on and, and play for the Ospreys. And look, I'm a big fan of what happened in Leinster. You know, I coached in Ireland for a number of years, mm. and the last time I was there. I coached for 10 years, uh, mostly in Lansdowne, but I did four years, and four World Cups with the, Junior World Cups with the uh, Ireland Under-20 team. And I saw how those boys came through. Some of the lads I mentioned earlier, a lot of lads, you know, um, that went on to play for... You know, Leinster with distinction. People like Gary Ringrose, for example. Luke McGraw mm. captain them. You know, I coach those lads, and I, I see those guys. Harry Byrne played for me in Lansdowne. Mm. Uh, the young O'Sullivan who's just been coached, uh, capped. You know, so I see that if you get good young players with talent into a A really strong structure at a young age you can nurture and develop those boys so that's my goal really I want us to improve our next generation I want Toby Booth coming to me and saying look in three years time I'm gonna need a nine in three years time I'm gonna need a tight end I want to give him Mm, the answers and solutions so we don't have to go out to the open market which can be very expensive so you know that's my role really Um, and part of that is trying to help strengthen Swansea University for example so we're reversing the trend we're getting boys coming into the university from English colleges and schools, whereas previous years they've always left to go Mm -hmm. to English colleges and schools, so that's what I'm doing. Good,
6: moving from the talented youngsters to the slightly older gentlemen, you've been, uh, before Alan Wynne-Jones made his epic trek, now out to (laughs) South Africa, you sort of had some dealings with him in that remarkable recovery?
7: Yeah, well, as I say, I don't really coach or get involved with the coaching of the first team anymore. But I very often go and watch the training sessions. And, uh, you know, I have to tell you, uh, I watch Alan Wynne-Jones uh, training. I watch him sprint to every line-out, sprint to mm. every breakdown, sprint to every scrum, be the first there, Start to tell people how they want something to shape up and uh, yeah. and set up the plays. And then I for lis- 18 minutes. Yeah, I listen to him talk. I listen to his mindset. You know, he's a cultural architect. He's a, a guy that everyone looks up to intrinsically. You know, his motivation is huge, and it drives him every time. And what that does, that has a massive impact on the people around him. You know, and it sets the standard for everyone else in that culture. And um, what he's done, what he's achieved here, not only in the game, but you know, specifically in terms of turning around that traumatic injury to be on the Lions tour to take up the captaincy once again it's just absolutely phenomenal you know It. it I spoke to my own son Rhys who's been a professional rugby player for 12 years and Irish international yeah he's captain Ireland and I spoke to him about injuries and you know how impressive was it with uh, Alan Wynne Jones doing what he's done and he said look the amount of rehab and the amount of sort of trauma your body goes through to get back to that level and to turn it around as quickly as you can the guy is just mm. phenomenal he's a machine I saw him when he was under 16s. So he was twice the size of everyone else yeah. he sort of knew he was going to do well I played rugby with his father tim god bless him who was a fantastic guy so look he always had the the makings of a great player but look i have to tell you his mindset is like you've never seen before good and it rubs off on other people
6: listen thanks for talking i could talk to you all night but you're going to be needed back in there now to answer some questions and do a bit of singing with your guitar it's lovely to talk to you tonight uh, mike thanks very much
4: Cheers, thanks. And that's Pure West Radio's Bill Kahn speaking to former Welsh coach Mike Ruddock at the Ocean Cafe Bar and Restaurant. That was on Friday evening, their Lions Tales event, raising brilliant funds for prostate Cymru. We'll hear Bill's interviews with former British and Irish Lions Eddie Butler and Graham Price very soon as we bring you Pure West Sports for a Monday evening. Here's Bob Dylan and blowing in the wind.
3: Ever band the answer my friend is blowing in the wind the answer is blowing in the wind Yes, and how many years can a mountain exist for Is blowing in the wind The answer is blowing in the wind Yes, and how many times Must a man look up Before he can see the sky in the wind.
4: It's Pure West Radio for a Monday evening. That's Bob Dylan and blowing in the wind. I'm Ben Stone on Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. As ever, we are live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page after eight o'clock this evening. You can get involved and a bit of a, a British and Irish Lions theme on the show right now. And of course, we want your thoughts. Where did it go wrong in that second half for the Lions on Saturday? What a game in prospect this coming weekend with the series locked at 1-1 but let's get back to the lion's tails event that happened in broadhaven at the ocean cafe bar and restaurant on friday evening raising money for prostate cymru and our own bill khan caught up with the voice of rugby eddie butler the former british and irish lion
6: Someone who's been a marvellous help to prostate Cymru Pembrokeshire whenever there's been these marvellous Lions legends evening is Eddie Butler who's best known of course for his play with Ponty Poole and for playing for Wales but also as I'll embarrass him now by saying the best pundit I think since Bill McLaren <laughs> uh, with his work on television and he managed to do work with Brian Moore which can't be but Eddie it's lovely to see you in Broad Even again you love coming to this event and you believe in the, the marvellous work across State Cymru oh no I love coming to Pembrokeshire full stop and yeah.
8: uh, if we can combine it with anything that helps yeah. then uh, you know it's an extra bonus no it's, it's lovely down here and mm. uh, and Mostyn, who runs the ocean, you know, he does a, a It's marvelous. It is and, and the whole of Pembrokeshire they've responded so enthusiastically and, you know, and so generously to the the cause of prostate because yeah. it is a it is a problem with men in Wales. Yeah. Nobody nobody knows why, but it is and mm-hmm. we Right. It's all about raising awareness.
6: I think we were lucky at the start. We had Ray Williams as the, this, the guide in light. I was actually on the steering committee for the first, for the first three or four years of Hampshire Friends. And the work he did was instrumental in giving the profile it has. Yeah, but yeah. people like you come in and people like you know, Graham Price and, and Mike Riddick also helps with that as well. So tonight you're going to be talking to people and facing some question and answer sessions later.
8: Yeah, yeah. No, it's the eve of the second test. And we were here four years ago yeah. before... Um, of course, back then in New Zealand, Sam Warburton's Lions were, were one down, yeah. facing the All Blacks. Right. And uh, I've got to say, there wasn't a lot of optimism in the in Broadhaven that no, night. But, no, no. but I wonder, I wonder if um, you know, we, here we go again with the Lions one up in the series. It wouldn't. I don't look. I'm, I'm tempting all sorts of things here, but it wouldn't, be, <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if it went to the decider. Mm. So I don't agree. I've said before my nerves is, won't is, stand. I know, I know that uh, there is there is yeah. that, and, but I suppose you know we should be grateful for what we get in these in these yeah. difficult times. And rugby rugby's been great. You know there have been questions asked yes. about should rugby be played? Yeah. And for me it's simple. It's, you, know, it's, you know we all need a little bit of light relief, and as long yeah. as it's properly monitored and yeah, done right. done carefully and respectfully, yeah. then it's a public service. You know it gives something gives people
6: something to look forward to. You will always say that you camped in Wales, you played for Wales, and you also were a British Lion. And I know you played one game against Waikato, but before that you had a bit of a warm welcome when you were called out to uh, take part with the Lions. Well I
8: arrived on a Saturday morning, and, and on Saturday afternoon I sat on the bench against um, Counties Manukau, oh, yeah. which uh, would, would have been um, Jonah Lomu's um, team late in, in, in later in my <laughs> Lot old, I am a lot older than Jonah Lommel, God rest him. Mm. So, in those days, you didn't go on as a match of course as they do nowadays. You just sat on the bench and went on if somebody was injured. Mm. So all we did at the end of the game was we just did a few gentle laps of the field. And um, I think there were three of you, well, were, I don't know how many subs we had no. in those, but it must no. be, say, four? Four, Was yeah. it four or five? But we were lapping the field, and... Um, Suddenly there are beer cans raining down on us, oh, and God. suddenly there are spectators coming onto the playing area, and suddenly they're tackling us, and they're, they're, their numbers are growing and swelling, and and suddenly we you know we're we're in the middle of the pitch. Then in a rocks drift situation, oh, fighting. It fighting off the crowd. That's when you could have done with some of your Pontypool colleagues. Well, it, we formed a tight little huddle and we did did as did the best we could and then Bob Norster was sitting in the stand and he saw what was going on and he, and he did the trumpet cry and the and the cavalry came to the rescue. But we sort of made... I'd been in New Zealand less than 24
6: hours and I was front page news, you know, lions in mass brawl. Yeah, good God. I mean, I, I know I always embarrass you by saying what a great commentator you are and things like that, but it comes as a result of a lot of research beforehand. you know your stuff. No one can accuse you of not being up to date. Well, that's very kind of you to say so. But i um, you, know, you know, it's I,
8: I um I like to think of it as a conversation we're having. I I, I, don't, I don't analyse what we do too deeply because I think that might you know you suddenly start overthinking it Mm. then but I just think it's a conversation between say Brian Moore or Jonathan Davis Paul O'Connell in recent times it's a conversation between us about what we're seeing and we're sort of also trying to engage with people out there watching and, and bringing them into the conversation, yeah. and that's 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 how I view it. Yeah. It is it is a conversation we're having, rather than I, you know, I, I don't know what it is. No, but, that's, uh, but I, yeah. so I, as I say, you enjoy I, it, I do, it. I do, I yeah. do. You know, nothing, nothing beats.
6: Mm-hmm. i got to be careful that I don't make it sound as if I'm grovelling to you all the time. But when's the next uh, book coming out? Because Eddie's written three books about Gonzo Davis, who coincidentally is a number eight, he who's is. gone through all sorts <laughs> yeah. of trouble. Is there going to be another one? Because I've enjoyed the three. Well, Gonzo's my fictional hero. Yeah. I,
8: I've given him... I you Tell the truth. No, he can do all the things I couldn't do. He was—he could run fast. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. I don't, yeah, I think there's probably something left in... In the um, in Gonzo somewhere, D- um, I I'm, wait uh,
6: with I, I wait with interest, yeah, yeah. No, Well, uh, yeah. you'll be the first one. I to can know. have a book, yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. And I listen, I gotta ask you, you can tell me to shove off. Any tip, any forecast for tomorrow?
8: I think it's going to be one point, two point, three points. There's you know, something so narrow, so we are so inviting.
6: I understand, uh, which
8: uh, <laughs> which which means I I've got a, I've got a, a feeling the, the spring box might do it, yeah. And that means we go to a decider. Yes. And, and who wins that will largely depend on who's left standing. Yeah, that's right. Because it's going to be ferocious tomorrow. Yeah. I know we say it every time, but there is just something, just the way Razi Erasmus has been this All week. Right. He's He'll be, he'll be whipping yeah. that team All up right. and Gosh. they... They don't take much goading to get themselves in a froth. So it's going to be, I mean, the the simplest thing would be for the Lions to nail it tomorrow and go. Well,
6: I'm going to tip South Africa, because I'm known in Paris as the world's worth tipsters. Oh, good, that's us together. So that's good, yeah. (laughs) Come on the Lions then. (laughs) It's (laughs) lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Oh, pleasure. Thank you.
4: Well, that's Pure West Radio's Bill Kahn speaking to the voice of rugby, Eddie Butler and uh, when you want some montage doing he's the man to go to that was in Broadhaven on Friday and we'll hear one more interview from that event uh, Bill spoke to another former British and Irish Lion Graham Price and we will hear that interview next right here on Pure West Sport
0: an animal in a cold and empty bed, yeah, shaking off the dream of you, I got shit to do and I'm ready to forget, oh yeah, I heard you brought that girl around in half a gown and that's if i had been there, oh yeah.
4: evening across Pembrokeshire and wherever you are listening to us, you are very welcome. Great to have your company on Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. More at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. I'm Ben. I'll be joined by Fraser, Bill and Gordon after eight live on the Facebook page. I think we'll have to look back on the Lions, of course, but also the Olympics as well your moments of the Olympic Games so far was it Max Whitlock on the pommel horse yesterday how about Tom Daly in the team diving event taking the gold medal last Monday there have been some inspirational moments already the triathlon team were fantastic as well so we'll pick some of those up after 8 o'clock on the show but back to uh, Lion's Tales now and Bill was at the Ocean Cafe Bar and Restaurant in Broadhaven raising money for prostate Cymru on Friday and he managed to chat to another former Lion in Graham Price and we're going to hear that interview right now.
6: With the British Lions second game tomorrow after they win last week in South Africa we're well, bet and time to talk to a gentleman who not only played 41 times for Wales but had 12 games for the Lions as well and can still tell you about it with great Clarity's Graham Price, the old Pontypool front row boy. Grace, lovely to see you back in uh, Broad Avenue here to help Prostate Cymru with Mostyn Davies. Looking forward to tonight?
9: Uh, well, I, have, uh, I, I haven't missed one yet. And, uh, no, that's we, right. we, we always enjoy it, you know, no matter what which uh guests come along they've always got a different tale to tell yeah. and, uh, and it's really interesting there
6: have been some stars <laughs> Well, that's right. stars yeah. yeah and uh you Dye know he held himself in check yes he did <laughs> yeah so tell us a bit about your career i mean you played 41 times for Wales. you're probably fed up of being asked but with the lions 12 in, you know 12 tests what, what was the toughest in us yes?
9: uh well probably the second test in uh, new zealand in 1977 uh, we lost the first test, you know we, we could have won it. Uh, you know we let our opportunities go, but we have to, just had to win this one to keep the series alive. Yeah. and uh, I mean <laughs> they they also wanted to win it to to make sure that they 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 won the series. Uh, and uh, we actually won the game, but uh, it, it was no easy game at all, you know. It was, uh, it's was it been described as World War Three, and that, uh, <laughs> and I uh, and, uh, and, uh, still bear the scars.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's changed so much now. They're all in bubbles. When you were out there, you enjoyed the whole experience. You did quite amazing. What sort of things did you do when you were on Lions trips besides the rugby, you know? Where did you go to see things? Well, the tours were a lot longer yeah. in those
9: days. I mean, my first uh, Lions tour was... Uh, Fourteen weeks, three and cool. a half months, yeah, and um, you know we had a lot of time on our hands to to see the country. It wasn't like it is now, where it's all training, 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 and getting the team yeah. right and that. Uh, we trained in the mornings, and uh, we, we we were just allowed to do things at our leisure yeah. for the rest of the time. And, and New Zealand was a beautiful country. Oh, right. South Africa was a beautiful country as well. Oh, yeah. You know, we we had a great time.
6: Yeah, but in different times, I mean, nowadays they're cosseted, they're well paid, you know. They huge get quite big sums, as I understand it, for being with the lens. In your days, it was different, wasn't it?
9: Well, that, well, that's right. Yeah, and, and you could look at it, look, look back at it, and think, well, you know, what, what, what if uh, we'd have been paid in our day? But uh, I think we had what there was. There may not have been any money in it, but uh, we we had a lot of value out of it, you know, just for going on different tours to different countries and yeah. that was that was uh, the major benefit for me was to to the fact that they could I could tour all over the world yeah. tour all these different rugby countries ah,
6: it's also been great for you because whenever you go now people want you to talk and you could spend all night not just half an hour or 50 minutes you could spend all night talking about some of your uh, people your rivals and and your colleagues as well
9: yeah but most of all they want to, they want to learn about the Pondi and, and I've got many stories about them. Yeah, that leads but me more, to my next th- more question. Than, more than Bobby and Charlie <laughs> would <don't laughs> like. Yeah,
6: I mean you were feared and revered. I mean you were the toughest pack. I remember Eddie Butler saying when he started, he couldn't get over. He always said you were the gentleman of the three, but he was saying the dark arts was his words that he was taught, you know, by people like Charlie and and Bobby Windsor. He'll never forget. They were a tough pair.
9: Well, they were. I mean, they, they came from a different background to myself. You know, they they were. They were Starting off, they, they were manual workers in, yeah. the, in, the, uh, in the in the steelworks, you know, and, and they, they they were very strong mentally as well as mm. physically. Uh, and uh, you know, I had to play against guys like these, you know, before they joined Bonnyborough, Club I had to Aye. play against them. Yes,
6: you knew know. what they were like. Uh, and of course you had Ray Prosser as your boss. everyone always says, I know Eddie Butler says it, Mos, he was the hardest man and the most respected coach they'd ever met.
9: Well that's right yeah, I mean I used to play for Wales on a Saturday and, and you, you, you always had a feel for how well you played and mm. that and, uh, but you knew that uh, Prosser was watching us and uh, all I needed to do was take one half a step back in the scrum and I'd hear about it again, you know, nobody he, else should know this. you back to worse. yeah. Well, that's right, he was a yeah. good guy for keeping your feet on the ground.
6: When you look back, I mean, it must be amazing when you think, I mean, you're still fit and well, t- touch wood, and you're able to help with charities, because it's not only help prostate cancer come come and here every time, you've got another favourite charity as well.
9: Well, that's, yeah. it's uh, SOS Kit Aid. Um, <coughs> the whole purpose of the charity is collecting unwanted rugby kit. Uh, and taking it to the poorer rugby nations or you know, the developing rugby Great. nations where the, where the youngsters uh, the either can't afford the kit, or, the, or they're, they're, it's not available to them. So, and that's uh, I mean, the yeah. that's right. It was great when we, particularly when it comes to a World Cup year, when you see mm. players in the Georgian team and, and, and Romanian team yeah. and, and others, you know, that, uh, and, and you, you know some of those players have benefited from our charity. Uh,
6: listen, I could talk to you all night, but we better get back in because they're paying guests, public, one of your guests, not me. So I'll shut up, Great Thanks for talking to us.
4: It's my pleasure. And that's Pure West Radio's Bill Kahn speaking to Graham Price. A big well done to everybody involved with that event in Broadhaven. We'll speak to Bill a bit more about that after eight because I know they raised a substantial amount of money for Prostate Cymru, which is a brilliant charity. So more on that to come live on the Facebook page after eight. Fraser uh, will be joining me as well and Gordon Thomas. Fraser I know was planning on calling in on the Harrison Allen quarter final match that's going on uh, right now. Carew against Burton. So we'll get the latest news on that. And Swansea City have appointed a new manager as well. Uh, That's the former MK Dons manager, Russell Martin. He's the man to uh, take over the hot seat after the departure of Steve Cooper. Quite a good appointment that, I think. We'll get Fraser's thoughts on that. And we're going to hear from the people that coached Jasmine Joyce her first rugby coaches Jasmine has gone on to be an absolute star she was brilliant in Tokyo in the rugby sevens I watched that on Saturday morning I thought they were destined for a medal it wasn't to be but we're going to hear from her first coaches Carwin and Geraint Richards in a few moments time it is Monday evening great to be with you on Pure West Sport the power of radio bad weather at the racetrack
5: a brand new creative hub in Haverford West. Playing host to a youth and amateur theatre company, a show-stopping choir, and a multitude of masterclasses from Broadway and West End talent. Calling all actors, singers, dancers, and those who want to bring the West End to Wales. Vision Arts has the spotlight and the curtain is about to rise. Ready to take centre stage? Visit visionartswales.com.
10: They offer a range of sizes, from small tubs and cones to eat on the go, or insulated takeaway tubs for you to enjoy at your own pleasure. Loch Myler Farm Ice Cream.
0: This is Pure West Radio. Across
1: Pembrokeshire, 24 hours a day. Dance. It's all I want to do, so won't you dance? I'm standing here with you Inside your groove Cause I'm on fire 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 It hurts When you get too close But baby it hurts If love is real Standing here with you, I won't you move Even if it throws you to the fire
4: On Pure West Radio for Monday evening, Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at Pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. We're live on the Facebook page after eight o'clock. Gordon Thomas... Bill Kahn and Fraser Watson will join me. A full focus to come on the Pembrokeshire Cricket League as well. We'll be joined by Harry Thomas, who starred for Larenny as they beat Nayland to go top of Division One. And we'll have a look at what's to come in the next few weeks. going to be an interesting finish to the cricket season, as well as reflecting on some of the results. We'll talk about the Lions, the Olympics and more after eight o'clock. But on that Olympic theme, Fraser's been catching up with two coaches who've had a real interest in the fortunes of the GB Rugby Sevens and one of our women in particular.
11: But well, it was a heartbreaking finish in the end for Team GB and Jasmine Joyce in Tokyo, but as an individual, she hasn't half-lit up this tournament. And delighted now to talk to the two coaches who set her on the way, and then that's Carwyn and Geraint Richards, the brothers from St David's, who, who had her as a mini rugby, actually, from under seven and under eights onwards. And, and firstly, Carwyn, it ended disappoint me this morning, but as a former coach, I've been so proud watching her and her display throughout.
12: Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, everyone surely must be so proud of her, the way she played and the way she... Uh, you know, the interview after mm. everything, you know, and she was always smiling and it's just such a good advert, isn't it, for kids sure. rugby and for everything,
11: really, isn't it? Gary, did you find it still a bit surreal that this, this girl you had playing under seven, under eight, starting off, tag rugby, you're watching her on television on the biggest sporting stage of the morning, that's still hard to take in. No, well, I,
10: I knew as soon as I saw her play that she would end up playing for Wales and Great Britain and play for the Sevens and Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you tipped her no. from the
11: start, did you? No, no,
10: she always had talent from the start. But obviously, to get as far as she has, you know, she's done exceptionally well, hasn't she? Because you know, it's not an easy sport. She's stayed injury free, and she's been lucky in that sense. But uh, no, she's done exceptionally well. Yeah.
11: Yeah, maybe some were a bit naive the game would have seen her just a speed stage. And obviously in this Olympic show, she's so much more than that, hasn't she? the spatial awareness, the tricks she's done to get out of tight situations, score tries in a defence as well. Did she have that as a youngster? Was there more to her than just simple straight line speed?
12: Yeah, well you you get that, do you if you've got anyone who's good at sports, you know, they've got they tend to be good at a few sports because they've got, like you said, spatial awareness. Mm. You know, that's like netball and all. You've got to have space awareness for that. And her feet are great, aren't they? You know, she's yeah. always... Well, she's always been sporty anyway, is yeah. Right the way through school. Uh, and like you said, not just rugby. It's just... They tend to they tend to be... If they're good at one, they're good at the lot, aren't they? And each sport helps the other, doesn't
11: it? Sure. And, and yeah, I know you joked earlier there that you knew straight away that she, she was going to the top. Oh, I've seen uh, i Honestly, <laughs> now, I know... Um, yeah, you get a lot of girls playing tag rugby who were playing with boys at that age and even that era, but at what point did you realise that you probably had a player here who had something that bit special, who was better than just your ordinary girl or boy at tag rugby? Uh,
10: well, you could always tell with Jazz and, you know, there was Del, um, Del Foster as well who was playing alongside that they, they sort of started at the same time. Because They yeah. through, you know, yeah. with us. So, But you could tell then, you know, they...
12: Just because they were girls, they went. They were just as good as the boys, you know, of that age group. Both those girls you mentioned were better sports.
11: Sports people than the parents. I
10: don't know know where they got
11: the talent from. We we could talk for a long time about that, (laughs) I'm sure. And then Kaz back to you. Obviously, in Rio, she bit onto the scene in Rio, didn't she? She had two tries there. She came came back from there a superstar. Watching this time, though, did you get the sense of a very much a much more rounded, mature player? And, And one which was perhaps even more special this time around, she was a marked player. Yeah, and to produce what she did was quite phenomenal.
12: Oh, it was definitely she. And when you look at her, you because you know her, you're a bit biased, aren't you? But she was absolutely outstanding in this one. And she? she, had yeah. not so much of a part in Rio because she was well, she was young then. Yeah. she was nineteen, wasn't it? 20, yeah, very, yeah, twenty. Actually, you know, definitely. And she, the she's so strong now, isn't she? Her defence is excellent. Mm. You you sort of know when someone's coming straight at her that she is gonna. Because sure. she's going to tackle them. Like you said, much wrong to play.
11: Yeah. And, and, yeah, like you said, she, she did introduce to tackling in St David's as well and, and not phased by it at all, was no, she? No, she wasn't, no. You know, like I said, you know, she was just as good as any of the ones tackling
10: wise, And, uh, you know, she, didn't, she wouldn't scare away from anything, so... We can't tell that now today when she was
1: playing
11: you know, so. We do have to touch on the disappointment this morning, obviously and, and Kaz you know like you say she wears a heart on her sleeve, she is emotional, she she smiles throughout and, and it was disappointing for Team G B in the end. They came in today in a strong position for a medal and it wasn't for B. Do you think she'll be disappointed right now, despite what she's produced individually? It's gonna hurt. Definitely, you know.
12: definitely well, I've been getting all day in anyway. yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely.
11: Yeah. I, I, I thought they came in today with a genuine transfer gold medal. And me. You know.
12: You know, I really thought that. But but it's such, you know, one mistake and a couple of mistakes, and that's it. There's a try in it, and then you've lost it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she will be absolutely gutted for that. But she, you know, she's a positive girl, and
11: she's so bounced back from that. You know? And, uh, and lastly, to you, Gage two-time Olympian is something in itself. There's only three years to the next one. She's in very good condition. You, you've got every faith that providing she's injury-free yeah. that we'll see her in Paris in three years' time.
10: Well, she carries on playing like she is and, you know, she's improving all the time. I don't think she's reached the proper best yet, yeah. you know, so I, so if she carries on, stays injury-free, I can't see any reason why she wouldn't be there, really, you know, so hopefully... Pitchwood. She'll
11: be there again. Sure, and ask Chris when I mean, you two were coaching who was taking the forwards and who was taking the backs, who gets the real credit? <laughs> uh,
12: all the good bits was me.
11: <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's what kept them yeah. straight and narrow, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it. Yeah. yeah, Well,
12: she had a yellow card, didn't she? She well, did.
11: I knew <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, would You did somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, boys. A well done for setting on the road. You, probably you're your most successful prodigy out of them all. Oh, definitely. Yeah, can you think of anyone else? <laughs> yeah, I
12: <don't> know. <laughs>
10: Let me look at my list.
4: (laughs) Not with two Olympics behind him, anyway. Thanks a lot, boys. Fraser Watson talking there to Carwin and Geraint Richards, who coached Jasmine Joyce. And Jas went so close, didn't she, with the GB7s women's side in Tokyo, just missing out on that bronze medal. More to come on that after eight o'clock. But time is getting on this evening. The news is on the way. Uh, But just before that, Fraser's also been speaking to someone who has actually just picked up a title after a strange few months in the world of Pembrokeshire football.
11: Well, it's been nearly 15 months since Aiken United were crowned champions of Division 1 in Pembrokeshire, but it was only Saturday when they finally got their hands on the trophy and and a presentation was done before what was meant to be a friendly, but was called off by Brian Hawkins of Pembrokeshire Football League. And I'm glad to be joined now by their manager, Scott Davis. Scott, was it a strange feeling? Obviously, it's been so long since you were crowned champions and then you're getting the silverware. How did it feel? Yeah, it was a very strange phrase, yeah. especially with no game for it, you know, we
10: have to get arrive at the list. Uh, ground in our ground and our gear to go out get into the kit for the photos and then get changed it's a bit messy but like all sport at the minute is a bit messy
11: it? but it feels like normality's coming doesn't it? The thing is Scott and we, you know we're not going to dwell too long on, on how the season was decided it was what it was, was him with ground champions that's a fact you know so in that respect as well it must have been nice just be, to have all the boys together and have some silverware and, and be able to celebrate and enjoy something together as well at the same time Yeah definitely it can, it can do no harm whatsoever can I, we may as well have enjoyed it yesterday and like I said before I'm sure other teams would have done exactly the same and so, if someone has to win it then we may as well have, we'll accept it like anybody else will Sure and I know you're into this season already and good win at Goodick in the first round of the FAW trophy you go to Kumaman this Saturday how are you shaping up for that? Yeah I think we're, we're strong as it stands but you know what the local sport is like between work and something cropping up in the week I'm sure we lose two or three by Saturday and before you know it there's no decisions to be made then on the squad will probably pick itself uh, Avoid tracking and trace mate Yeah <laughs> <laughs> But no uh, on this, obviously it's a tough trip for you Scott you're you going to pretty much an unknown quantity They haven't had much action recently either but just the I didn't of the travel you have and the standard they play at, it's going to be difficult. How important is it? Do you feel that you go there, get a win, and keep up some momentum for when the league season does start? Oh, it's crucial. It's, uh, it's crucial to try at least go up there and
10: try to win. So I'm not really sure that I think they're um, Division Two, the worst league, so they're pretty. They're obviously going to be pretty tidy, but um, we just have to go up there, believe we can win, which we do, and uh, hopefully get in the hat then, and that can give us momentum to push on to the
11: league season end. But it's definitely not the be-all and end-all Saturday, but we'll be there to try and win for sure that's sure and a friendly this week before that game i believe yeah we got, we're playing st Clears this tuesday at, at st Clears. yeah
10: so that will be good to get the boys some extra minutes because you know it's hard to get games at the minute because you know we want to travel with the restrictions which is completely understandable we're
11: gonna probably be driving home from st Clair's in our kit tuesday so it's just a nightmare at the minute. Uh, well no problem well congratulations scott i'm glad that in terms of the football league and aching out, you've had, had some closure, and we can all move on now with your trophies to next season and you can get on with defending it. But first of all, good luck Saturday and good to speak to you. Nice, right, thanks very much, Cheers, Scott, thank you.
4: And it's been a strange few months, hasn't it, in the world of Pembrokeshire football, like so many areas of sport. That was Pure West Radio's Fraser Watson talking to Scott Davis. Fraser joins me along with Bill Kahn and Gordon Thomas live on the Facebook page after eight. We'll be talking to James Tomlinson, a Pembrokeshire Harrier who's competing. in the discus at World and Commonwealth Games at youth level and is currently looking to make it as a pro athlete at senior level. We'll talk about his own ambitions and how the athletics are shaping up in the Tokyo Olympic Games and a focus on cricket as well. Larenny beating Nayland has set up a really interesting finish to the Pembrokeshire cricket season. We'll be talking to Larenny's Harry Thomas on the show after eight and of course some chat about the Olympics. A new manager for Swansea City, Russell Martin was confirmed late last night. And where do the British and Irish Lions go now as we head towards Saturday's series decider? That's all to come after we get the latest news at eight o'clock.